0: father we thank you we bless your name thank you for your word that is coming this evening thank you because jesus will be glorified as we are edified in the name of jesus for in jesus mighty name we are prayed. amen welcome to this uh section we are looking at evangelism part three and then we are looking at how to witness jesus to an atheist now let me put the disclaimer let me just tell you that let me say this our job is to preach jesus our job is to preach jesus to people to witness jesus to them and the conviction is left for the spirit of god to do the bible said no one command to my father said, no one command to me and except my father was uh, drawing now. so as is just to go forth and trust sure that the spirit of god is going to convict men to come to you so just because you are about to make an argument a logical argument that there is god you know that people should be saved and that does not mean that ah you know every time you do the arguments they will just come like that there yeah, are some times that even after the logical arguments you can still pray for me i don't think you can actually just argue people into conviction without the spirit of god convicting convicting them and you too praying this one is just for you know just to make logical argument it doesn't mean that you know um once you come before them you argue them It's always be like that there are things that may take time sometimes that sometimes the spirit of god will just go in immediately and do what he has to do so no matter the argument i will put here tonight trust that you pray maybe you have an argument that an, an atheist make sure you pray for them trusting god to convict them argument alone you can't argue people into conviction it takes the spirit of god the argument may just be like a seed but it takes the spirit of god to be able to convict men for himself so this evening we are not going to it's not going to be a long summer you just i just want to look at three things and um, looking at where i am um, witnessing to an 80s and like i said in the book of first peter 3 verse 15 well, said that we must be um, ready to make a defense in fact the amplified the amplified version said some say something like um, make a logical that was able to make a logical um defense for what we believe i'm talking about first peter three 17, you know, the amplifier version said, Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the open, confident assurance elicited by faith that is within you. Yet, yeah, do it with gentleness and respect. Do you get it. you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to, be, you don't have to fight, it's just do it with gentleness and what and respect. And then again, we saw in the book of Acts, chapter 17, that Paul. You know, there were people, they, they were worshipping the unknown God. And if you watch at Acts the book of Acts chapter 17, from verse 16 to 34, Paul made a logical argument that this God you are serving, you are calling an unknown God. There's actually a God in heaven. And Paul did not really actually quote scriptures like that. What he did here was an apologetic, defending the God that he's serving. And he did it by explaining, this so many explanations, you can check it out. The book of Acts chapter 17, from 16 to 34 maybe you have been studying it but you have not been seeing it in that light that all paul did here was an apologetic was an apologetic so you have to do what see it in that light that that's what he did there a strong apologetic to defend the faith the gospel that i believe so and i believe that we too as believers we must be able to at least be able to do a little apologetic here and there you know to defend the faith that you believe so when you encounter an atheist the, the major argument the first argument of an atheist is that there's, not, there's no god you know and should I tell you something most of the 80s if not all of the 80s mo, no, they, they mostly do not just wake up and say they want to become an 80s, some of them the argument is that if God is one in charge of everyone why is it that um, things are bad you know children are being killed every day this and that, that. and some people become an 80s because of wrong doctrine the wrong wrong doctrine because of how they were being taught wrongly you no, know, just me. That God is the one in charge of the world, and all this bad thing happening. Why is God? Well, if God is if God is um, the one in charge of this world, then why is things happening like this? Okay, let me give you an example. We have barbers everywhere in this country. Why do we see have people who are moving with bushy ears? But well, barbers are there. Are you getting it? So people they just don't really understand. Maybe because of wrong doctrine, or how they have been not been taught properly, or probably just I don't just know. So they are they don't just wake up and say ah i want to become an atheist." some of them is because of maybe their loved one. they were christians before and then they their loved ones maybe their dad or their mother someone that they love or someone that loves the lord they prayed 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 and the person still died you know i was watching a video today by um a dear man of god and i was talking about how one of his mentors that he loved so much and they prayed and the man died of cancer and then later again one of his own mentee too now had cancer and that mentee knew his own mentor who died of cancer and you know you know the level of when you see somebody died of that before, and that meant he was afraid. I was saying Is this and wings also died. And you know, you step, we said God stepped in, he took the the what do they call it? What do they used to give them when you have that kind of sickness? Say certificate or whatever. He like, took it and tore it and begin to pray and give the lady instruction. You see, on the sixth day, the cancer was in there, but the seventh day it dried up. So there are people who went through certain things, their mental that they lost. He said it was as if the world was going to end for him so there are people it was because of the pain that they went through that was why they were not able that was why they 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 just left God and become an atheist so before we go about and just talking about we must also understand these people's pain we must be able to understand their pain we must be able to understand that these people also they went through certain things they don't just wake up most of them don't wake up one day and say i want to become an atheist it's because of what they have been through so when we begin to talk about this like i said it's just going to be a short sermon on all of this so the first um it is it the 80s their first what they call it um their first argument is that god god there's nothing like god they just love natural this and that and that and that and that and the argument or the case i'm going to present tonight there are people who have done it before so it does not mean that it's not new his argument has been proven over it's not new but like I usually say, or like the Bible even said that the God of this world had blind the eyes of the understanding. See, not being able to see the gospel is not ordinary. The Bible said the God of this world had blind their eyes. So, it's it's some it's satanic for you to see the gospel, and not be able to believe it. And I'm not I'm not trying to be spooky, or how like I say it? So, now number one is that God is real. I know this sounds very um, basic and simple. Yes, God is real, and are a few things i put down here now how do you how are you sure that there is a god in heaven how do we are you sure that this and that now on a logical sense let's even look at it there are things that happen in this world that are not even just natural if you look at the world itself there are things that happen that are not they are not natural yeah you just look at there's a force there's a supernatural force between certain things you just know that things that happen they are not really that natural there are things that you cannot just account for now you know one of the things is that the complexity of our planet earth see when you want to argue with a, with an atheist you don't start with bible because they don't even believe the authenticity of the bible they just believe it's another um book that somebody wrote so you you not start by quoting scripture you start by logic and that's what i want to do this night so number one god is real and when i say god is real how do i how do i explain it number one the complexity of our planet earth the complexity of this planet see there is no way this planet the way this planet is designed there is no way you tell me that it came from a big bang theory or from one evolution whatsoever there, there is actually a designer who designed this earth and i'm going to explain what i mean now i wrote something here if the earth was small if the if earth was smaller and atmosphere if the earth was smaller an atmosphere would be impossible like the planet Mercury, if Earth were larger, its atmosphere would would contain free hydrogen, like Jupiter. Meaning that all of the other planets, there's something that they need more, or there's something that is not um complete, then something that is needed. But the design of the earth is the one that is properly designed, that human beings can stay without needing to carry oxygen, without you don't need to carry um, um whatsoever, you don't need to carry so. But the other planets you need to um, um bag yourself with other oxygen or the one you go, you'll be floating on the air. There's just something about it. Why is it that every human being is on planet Earth where everything is complete? You can't tell me this is just a big bang theory somewhere. There is a God of design who designed this thing. Look at how the earth is. Just let me get let, for instance, have you ever had a situation before where you just came back to the house? Maybe you are staying with your sister and your sister traveled, and maybe your sister said, Ah. I'll be back on monday then you you went out on sunday you came back and you see the house just arranged the way they are they wash everything you left the house dirty who did this one and then all of a sudden your sister just came and said ah i came back well, i was supposed to come on monday but i came back today which is on, on sunday so i'm the one who arranged the thing there are certain things you will see the design you will see the way things are done you will just know that this one is not based on any uh, whether evolution things like, or big bank theory or something. There must be a design who designed it. There is a designer behind it. The way the earth is designed, where every other planet, human being cannot stay there appropriately. You can't stay there well. You must carry that oxygen, you must carry this thing. But the earth is, is the only place from the planet where you can stay comfortably without carrying much of this and much of that now another thing is earth is your only known planet equipped with atmosphere of the right mixture of gases to sustain plant animal and human life earth is the only one that has that that can sustain both animal's life human's life see like i said what we are doing is logic explanation to an atheist. we are just logically explaining to them that these things that you are seeing there is a design to it if you believe that there is no god in uh, this um um, there is no god and all of these things all this design you're seeing don't you think there's somebody that put in there the something cannot just automatically design like that without somebody a being creating it and the earth is too arranged orderly for you to think somebody is not behind it for you to think another power another spirit being is not behind it now look at this again if earth were any 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 further away from the sun we would all freeze if, 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 this, if the earth was just a bit far away from the sun all of us will freeze all of us will freeze so the design of the earth is so is so superb that there is actually a supernatural being that must have done that there is no way you tell me that um, all these things these same 80s who will argue with you they are the one for instance now they are the same person now where, for instance if you say you have um, a, a, a growth in your body then you, you woke up and you cannot find the growth anymore or you came back to the house and you see that your your house is arranged properly you are telling an it is that it must be an angel of good the lord that came to your house and helped you arrange your house the same it is you say is a lie there must be it's not any spirit It's not any. he's not he's not he's somebody that came to arrange it so why is it that when you now see the the arrangement of the earth where no human being has come up one day and say, Ah, I me arrange the earth like this, and I'm doing like this. So you must know that there is a supernatural being. There is a supernatural being that must have done all of these things. That this thing cannot just be like this without what? Without a supernatural being that must have done it. And then I have a little thing here. There's what they call the law of cause and effect. The law of what cause and effect mean that everything that happened. There is there is a cause to that effect. You don't just think that the world just you know fall down from somewhere or is a big bang theory. There must have been something. Every every designer there is a there is a designer behind every design. There is a what designer be, behind what every design. there another thing to look at. I said God is real. Then, a the complexity of our planet. so that life demands a supernatural giver that's be under god's view that's be under god's view that life demands a supernatural life giver now it means that life comes from previously es- existing life of its own kind for instance lion will give birth to lion mm-hmm. Goats will give birth to goats mean that life demands a supernatural life giver so we that we are human beings what give birth to us how did we come here if it's not another being who have the kind of our life that must have given us life if you see a goat in your house you don't you know just say ah the goat fell from heaven you will know that somebody another goat gave birth to that goat for instance if you see a little baby walking on the road you say ah this baby fell down from heaven you know that a woman gave birth to that so we that we are human beings now who now created us how did we come there must be another life giver who have who gave us life his own life to live like him It's just very simple he said a life comes from previously existing life of its own kind because if you see a lion you know that the lion must have given birth to the lion if you see a lizard you say ah lizard must have given birth if you see a rat you don't say ah this rat came down from heaven you know that an existing there is something an existing and um, rats gave birth to that one so we who are human there must have been what an existing words an existing um god who gave birth to us there must have been an existing god who gave birth to us how do you defend that that will just keep this is an evolution of what they call it again if or whatsoever thing why have they not why do they anyone? why they never um, um turn to human beings so you must know that the human like us there must have been something that's created that give us life like this because nobody don't come and say ah i'm the god who does all of these things so if you see a good and you know that another good gave birth to the good he didn't fall down from heaven then you must know that the human that you're seeing there must have also been what another god who the another being will give life to us like this excuse me sorry so number two one of the also arguments is that, like I said initially, we can only do our best and trust that all of this we cannot we can only do our best and just try to defend as little as we can defend, and trust that the spirit of God will convince them. Number two, their second argument is usually around the Bible that they don't trust the Bible that the Bible is a fictional work and all of these things. See, this thing is just even very simple. Look at it. There's what they call bibliography, and it's a way that they test if a thing is true. So is about a manuscript looking for ah i'm looking for the writer to to explain this now but let me leave that let me go to this they usually talk about if the bible is true now one thing you must know about is that is the unity of the bible number one i said god is real and i I made um, two arguments under it the complexity of the earth and um like the the supernatural giver number two i'm talking about the unity of the bible Because the atheists usually argue that our Bible is not true. Ah, Are you sure that the Bible is true? Now, Bible, the Bible was written over a period of roughly two thousand years by forty different authors from three continents who wrote in three different languages. You know, was written in um, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. That's how the Bible was written: Hebrew Old Testament, New Testament, Greek, and Aramaic. So you cannot tell me that. 40 people in within the span of 2000 years that is they live in different centuries and different generation. they wrote it from three different countries i mean three different continents and they wrote it in three different languages yet they wrote the same thing yet the bible never contradicts each other see there is nothing in this world let me even let me give you an example there's what you there's um, um eyewitness now eyewitness reports now if something happens here in, in your room and you guys are four there. And after 10 years, they call four of you to come and explain. Trust me, even though four of you were there, you are likely to contradict yourself after four years. Because you must have forgotten some things. You are likely to contradict yourself. But look at 40 people who wrote the Bible within the span of 2,000 years. 40 different people, different um, three different languages, three continents. And yet they wrote the same thing. When the Bible said that, when the Word of God, the Bible said that the Bible is inspired by the Spirit of God, you should know that this one. See, there are things you cannot just, you cannot. I do I say there are things you cannot arrange, you cannot arrange that one within the span of two thousand years. If you call 10 people here or 4 people were in the same room, something that happened 10 years ago, they cannot even categorically give you the right the right account of it. There's what Yoruba has called Afikun um, Ati Ayokuru, meaning that even if I was there, there's something I would have removed. There's something, there would just be a contradiction, but look at the Bible, no contradiction. 40 different authors in different three different continents, three different language within the span of two years meaning that one might have um one wrote his own about maybe 150 years ago and somebody is writing again and they were writing the same thing nothing contradicting each other that alone is a proof that the bible is not a lie and you know one thing the bible has the, the highest manuscripts among every other thing every other other old book or any other ancient book not one asian book has more manuscripts than the bible the bible has more manuscripts i've forgotten that i, I wrote it somewhere the other day when i was making research i can't i can't find it now the bible has more manuscripts than any other asian book okay some of these people that they okay let me give an example now some of these socrates is it socrates or socrates, or is it socrates, or socrates? they call this man they see, that usually this philosopher now people never met this man but they believe what he said in fact it was rumored i don't know how true this is that he existed in the days of isaiah most of the things that people publish about socrates that they said is the one who said it they were the things that they heard from other people's mouth that they said he said and they keep publishing it but it is when it comes to the bible aspect that they can't believe anymore but they can believe one man's philosophy what he said they can believe a man who said don't let him receive a, uh, receive a, their, their holy book within the span of twenty three years but 40 different people now let me give let me give you an example if God is giving you an instruction, let me give, God is giving you an instruction to do something. Maybe there's a money in your account, God is saying give, or God is saying relocate, or God is giving you a very strong instruction. And you are going on the road, and one person, maybe two friends are working, two friends, and God gives you both of you instructions. And you keep praying that God, please give me confirmation, please give me confirmation. And one of you goes out the next day, and 40 different people, 40 different people keep confirming what you read. And one other person just one other person. You other, like, I think what? You're... you are likely to believe. You have, you are likely to be more convicted. You are, you are likely to be more sure when forty different persons tell you something than when one person tells you. It's just normal logic. Forty different different persons telling you the same thing. There is no way that you can doubt what the authenticity of scriptures. By that, the unity of scriptures. How the, it has been for years, you can't doubt it it's just ordinary logic shows us that 40 people within the span of two thousand years they don't even know each other they didn't even meet one another probably their generation may not even know each other and yet they the same thing 40 different people within the span of 40 years three different continents three different languages no no, no let's be reasonable number three which is the last one the archaeological finds you know there are people who argue that things that were in scriptures never that um it never happened there are things in scriptures they said it never happened and all of that now the first archaeological finds at the archaeologists have found certain things that were said in bible they found some of the old things i just have a few here that i'll be reading out for you one of the, the other one they call cephas cephas osuari and i'm going to read it and osuari was a bus constructed to hold the bones of the dead after the composition in 1990 a startling discovery a discovery was made that shook by biblical scholars and archaeologists now in the peace forest section of jerusalem was discovered a burial cave containing 12 ossuaries. one of them being being none other than that of cephas the high priest who presided at the i mean skephas it's called skephas sorry Skefas, the high priest who presided at the trials of Jesus. This amazing discovery provided us with a powerful historical connection. Now, look at it. This, um what do they call it? What do I call this scenario This This um, Skefas Oswari, they call it, they said it's somewhere where they keep the bones of those who are died and all that. And about 1990, they found Skefas, one of the high priests, they found this bone Archaeologists are even, they, they begin to find certain things that existed. That people claim never happened before. And you know, so many things that they claim that never happened and all that, they found it. And another one is, um, <laughs> this name are difficult to, the Nabonidus cylinder. I'm going to read King Nabonidus of Babylonia left a magnificent and um, conformed cylinder, a well shaped letters inscribed on a clay cylinder, mentioning his, his son, his son Bel- Belshazzar, by name. Now, what? So there are some critics that said that you know and is Bers- um, Bers- in scripture if you if you read the Old Testament, you know in there, there are some critics of the bible who claim that for many years the account in the book of daniel was wrong they said Belshazzar was never a king in babylon and that um Nebonidus was not his father the discovery of this cylinder clearly showed that these colors were dead wrong indeed we cannot understand so they found something where um in in i think in the jewish or whatsoever thing they found there was a king and a uh, who, 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 who who while in scripture people claim that it never happened and all that but archaeologists have found that these people actually read and they found their inscription the things that they wrote i remember the other time that um i was watching something about ag delete them um, and i saw that they presented Something like the last guy he drew the last um, book, um, Bible. You know this and that kind of those things. Archaeologists are beginning to find some of these things that has to do with those who existed in what in the days of scriptures. So you can't claim. See, <laughs> apart from the fathers, it is the devil who blind the eyes of people not to understand. Somebody, please, Tariq, can you put on the group for me? Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four apart from satan is the one blinding the eyes of the people for them not to understand you know um, the gospel and all of that even if we are to go by logic and you are very sincere with yourself you will see that god truly exists and the bible can truly be trusted this is the essence of what that we are doing tonight what we are doing tonight is not for you is not for me that believe it already what you are doing tonight is not for me what you are doing tonight is for in case anything you encounter and it is so you can go back to this and just go back and study and look at it and this should also further your study now second corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 is saying in whom the god of this world that blind the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of christ who is the image of god should shine unto them so you see that people not believing the gospel is not just ordinary so if you have an uncle is not Satan blinding your eyes See, um, being an 80s is one of the highest, uh, what like a work rate of Satan. That ah, God, no God anyway. He said Satan. Satan is just succeeding over your life. He said, Whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should not shine unto them. So, so many and um one, one other thing that the archaeologists they found is called the Tel Dan Stele. the tell dance tale. you it this particular stele is extraordinary because carved on it is a stone face in the expression house of david this tale affirmed that the monarch under king david existed in history and contradicted the eye the long held opinion of skeptics who deny that david never existed do you know that people even deny that david never existed and this particular still is extraordinary because on it They found something that was carbonate that David truly existed. Just like if you are not careful, maybe I don't know. I believe that Jesus will still stay long to come to come again. Let me just give for example. If you are not careful, if people never preserve the things of apostle, Babylon, and some other great people would have been here today arguing that they never existed. That they never existed. So in this generation you will not just defend the gospel by just coming to quote scripture which is good but we must also learn to defend the gospel logically logically uh, what i did tonight is number one that god is free number two the unity of scripture number three the archaeological finds that if you can This should also be a foundation of your study. You can study more, you can know more, but at least I know that these are the three major areas that the atheists will usually come to God is not real, the Bible is not true, and all of that. So we can see that God, even logically, you should be able to defend the God that you believe. And now, this was what Paul did in the book of Acts, chapter 17, from verse 16 to 34. He was not quoting scripture at all. What I did now was what he did in the devil. When he went to Athens and he saw them writing to the unknown God, he did an apologetic just from a logical standpoint of view to prove to them. And if you get there, you see that if you read it, some did not even believe him, Why some believe him? And the Bible said, Paul lets them. He said, Now, Nasabi, I've done my part. Now, Nasabi, he lets them there. So, do you get? I'm not saying as we do this, this is not just his argument that will just make them just. Since you don't you don't win me for argument, you I go believe Jesus. No, we are just doing it because we must learn, just like the scripture says, to be able to defend what we believe. And in doing this, also, we should also pray for them and trust that the spirit of God will convict them in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if there's any question or any contribution to what I have said. Is there any question? anybody has any question or any contribution? Something you studied and you may like to ask. Like I said, it's just a short sermon tonight in order to, you know, defend in our holy two. There's no contribution and um, there's no question. Alright, in the absence of this, can we just lift up our voice and appreciate God? Okay, while we're worshipping, you know, I heard this in my spirit. There is a lady, probably, you are in debt and God said, I should tell you that's going to settle you in the name of Jesus. So he said, it will clear the debt for you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we random, can we just lift up our voice and appreciate God? You may want to go back to this and listen again, again, and again. And in case you have any question, you may just randomly come to my DM and ask me I'll answer them. So can we just lift up our voice and appreciate God? Let's thank Him for His word. Let's thank Him. Let's thank Him. Father, we thank You for Your word. We thank You. We thank You. Thank You for the understanding of Your word. We bless Your name. We give You glory. Father, we say thank You. Lord, we say thank You bless your name we thank you we thank you we thank you for today being the day 10 of our fast we thank you for strength we thank you for your word we thank you because we receive zeal to study to know your word to defend what we have believed concerning our faith lord we give you all of the glory we exalt your name for in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen thank you everyone so see you again tomorrow by six o'clock i mean six thirty to 7 o'clock God bless you, and God changing you as you fast. In Jesus name, Amen.